Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. It's been a crazy week for me here, folks. Oh my God, I went to the gym on Monday, trained legs for the first time in weeks and oh man, did I have some insane delayed onset muscle soreness or uh, DOMS for those in the know. Man, I had it all week long. It was brutal. Every time I passed a student or a, a colleague, in the hall, they were asking me, have you got a limp? Are you okay? And I was just like, yep, I'm fine. I'll be right in a couple of days. Just went a bit hard in the gym. Don't worry about old mate. I'll be fine. Just got to get the feeling back in my thighs. I'll be good as gold. Oh, this week I caught up with Della Coma. We had a really great chat. Um, I'd only met Della a handful of times before our interview, um, but that didn't stop us from talking for well over an hour. Um, during the pod, we hear about Dell's um, upbringing and uh, his musical heritage and a ripper story about uh, who 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 got him past security to see Metal School, a.k.a. Steel Panther, in Hollywood. But you have to keep listening to find out who that was. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. And remember, remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green Podcast Network. You can check out all their other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. Guys, tell friends about this podcast, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, tweet about this show, make Facebook posts about the show, print off A4 flyers and give them to your friends, random people, you know, the post office, they love getting handed random shit. No, they don't. Probably don't do that. But look, you know, tell people about the show, man. Let it let it spread. Let it spread its wings, you know, like uh, Bette Midler and all that. Something is wind beneath my wings. Is that a thing? Anyway, there is some coarse language in this week's episode. So if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Then once they're dropped off at their Taekwondo lessons, then put Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 67 of the Art of Turing is brought to you this week by Sizz Dog's Post-Workout Shake. Do you hit the gym? Are you looking to bulk up but you don't want to pay through the nose just for that hit of protein? Then grab yourself a satchel of Sizz Dog's Post-Workout. Just add water and you'll see gains like you won't believe. Sizz Dog's Post-Workout, the only name in fitness gimmicks worth knowing. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you would like to listen on your desktop, you can just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before we hear my interview with Dalakoma, I'd like to share with you some of his music. This is a track called Vampires. Give it a listen. Take your time, but don't delay. If I could, you know 
There you go, there's just a taste of Vampires by Delacoma. I would like to play you the rest, but I can't. It's not part of the rules, man. You have to go and seek that song out if you want to check out the whole track. And do, do do that, because it gets pretty epic towards the end. So, uh, yeah, go and uh, go check that out. But now you get to hear my conversation with Delacoma himself. Um, Sit back, enjoy the ride, and I'll see you at the end with some concluding comments. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. Uh, I'm back in a good old Epping town this week, uh, sitting here in Siriani Studios, and sitting across from me tonight is singer Mr. Delacoma. How are you, Del? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm sitting here sipping on a, a, a vodka lime and soda. Mm, indeed, as am I. Yes. Uh, I, I asked you, you know, what would you like to drink? And you're like, well, what would you like to drink, uh, Dave, Sis Dog? And I was like, oh, well, I'll have a vodka lime and soda. He's like, <laughs> you're like, sign me up, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm drinking what you're drinking. That's kind of my motto. You know, mm. if, if you're if you're pouring or you're buying, I'll, I'll drink what you're drinking. The only, um, the only caveat to that, um, I was in Vegas a few years back uh, for a Bucks party. Yeah. Um, and there's only one thing that I, uh, up to that point, I said, I do not drink. And that's straight vodka. Like, okay. I do not drink straight vodka. Now, no, yeah. so we're at the bar <laughs> and one of the guys, one of the guys in the groom's party goes, oh, what are you drinking? They're, they're all Aussies. It's like a, a guitarist from, from an old band of mine. Sure. And, um, and he's like, oh, what are you drinking? And I said, oh, anything, man. He goes, no, nah, tell me, tell me. And I said, man, I'll drink anything except for straight vodka, right? Anyway, he misheard me, and he, he thought I said straight vodka. <laughs> and, and I was pretty broke at the time because I was on tour. And yeah. so, like, he's shouting me drinks and everything. And he's getting, you know, like, scotch and cokes and everything for everyone else. Yeah. And then he's getting me straight, straight vodka. vodka. All night, and I was just like, I didn't have the heart to say no because I was like, he's buying me. You're like, you'll go up and buy a round, and then he'll bring me. He's like, oh, you know, he's like seven scotch and cokes, and here's your straight vodka, man. I'm like, uh, thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. So now I pretty much just say, you know what? I've yeah. already been, I've already been down that road. I know I can handle a full night of straight vodka. So yeah. I literally drink anything. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. There's yeah. not much calories in vodka. No, uh, so, I don't think so. No, it's it's one no. of the the least amount of calories of of uh, the alcohols. The the best way to consume potatoes without packing kilos on the hips. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's kick things off here, Dell, and um, I'll ask you what what I ask all my guests, um, and that is uh, uh, to get the podcast started. Um, and that is uh, where where are you from? Where did you grow up? I was born in Seattle, Washington, um, and uh, so my mum's uh, from Brisbane and my dad's from Texas, um, and they met at university in the US, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was about two or three, um, somewhere in there, um, actually my mum did correct me on this the other day, because I said two or three in an interview a while ago, and she, <laughs> I believe that she corrected me to say that it was when I was three. Huh. Um, we moved to Bansdale um, in rural Victoria. Right. And then when I was six, we moved to Tasmania, and that's where I grew up. And you grew up in Tassie? Yes, in Bernie, Tasmania. Graduated right. high school there. Yeah. Um, and then went to university in America on a tennis scholarship. On a what scholarship? On a tennis scholarship. On a tennis scholarship? Yes, indeed. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
and a distance runner. I was a distance runner as well. I went to nationals uh, for the 10K. Yeah. Um, and I blew out both my shins um, as an 18-year-old. Uh, <laughs> so they said you can't run for like two years. So I got into theater. Yeah, right. Oh, there you go. So um, the majority of your upbringing was in Tasmania. Absolutely. Yeah, from yeah. six until 17. Wow. And um, are there any other um, siblings in your family? Yeah, I have uh, three sisters and a brother, all younger. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and any of those mus- guys musicians or? Um, my brother, so my bro- I'm the oldest and my brother's the youngest. Um, he's a musician as well. Mm-hmm. He just got his master's in social work. Um, he lives in Milwaukee, but uh, we often bat around ideas and all that sort of stuff. He's a, he plays, he's a multi-instrumentalist, um, so he plays drums, guitar, keyboards yeah. and, and sings as well. So Wow. Yeah. And none of your sisters play an instrument or anything like that? No, they all sing. They do? Um, yeah, yeah, they all sing. But uh, we all grew up in an a cappella church. Um, so oh, we've wow. been we've all been singing since we were like in the womb. <laughs> wow. Um, that was your f- folks' influence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, we go to the church, kids, let's go. Yep. Get in the yep. car at Sunday. Yep. And we're going to go sing. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, from yeah, and a cappella, obviously, no instruments, you know. Mm. So like growing up, you know, it's my dad was song leader and, and preacher. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we would um, yeah singing our little hearts out <laughs> far out <laughs> from a very young age. That's um, that's a really unique um, story. I haven't heard like I don't think in the time I've in, been interviewing um, guests for this podcast, I've heard a comparable story. So that's very unique. Um, is, uh, is that something that y- your dad um, did all his life, uh, being a preacher? Uh, my dad, so my mum's dad was a full-time preacher. Um, and my dad has always been a, what they call it, like a vocational minister. So like he was never paid by the church. He always right. had a job. Yeah. But he would go to places specifically like to help out the church in whatever ah, area. Yeah. So we moved to Tasmania for because my grandfather was planting a church down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to be closer to him. Right. So we ended up, yeah, moving down there. There you go. Yeah. Far out. And so um, singing with the, your brother and your three sisters in the church um, growing up in Tassie, um, when did you start? <laughs> Tell you, yeah. did, did, did you ever think you'd start a, a, a question like that? Sorry, you know. <laughs> so singing with your uh, three brothers and sister in church in Tasmania, <laughs> and, and <laughs> follow up question, Um When did you start, or ha- did you begin like playing instruments as well? Like, was that ever a part of your childhood? Um, I, when I was probably nine or 10, I think, um, I did some piano lessons, mm-hmm. um, and, and my, my middle sister and my brother are both quite good at piano. I, I didn't stick with it. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've started to pick up again more recently cause sure. I, I love keys. Um, but I didn't pick up, I picked up the guitar when I was 16. Mm. Um, uh, I was in year 11 and I was doing practical music and, um, I just got bored of just doing vocals. Right. Really. Because yeah. <laughs> I've been, you know, because I went to school and, you know, if you say that vocals are your instrument, then you got to learn all these things that I wasn't particularly interested in learning. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I picked up the guitar and um, sort of started yeah, sort of playing around. Yeah. With that. 
Um, and did you get lessons on the guitar, or was it more just like self-taught kind of stuff? Yeah, all self-taught. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, admirable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very good com- considering I've been playing for as long as I have. But uh. <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, uh, the guitar yeah. is, is has always been a mystery to me, man. I own way too many guitars, as you can see in the corner of my studio here, um, to call myself a singer, even though I've got all, all these instruments. But I just love the guitar. Yeah, you know? same. Even same. though I'm not that good at it. I just love yeah, it, you yeah. know. Like even tonight, um, I was at I was at work, and we're I, I was just mentioning it on the way here tonight. Um, uh, I, I was having to advertise my music course for next year to try and bump up the numbers so that they they do the course. And I knew there was a lot of downtime, so I thought, well, I might as well just bring my guitar and play, you know. And um, I was just just really enjoying just that time because you know parents and with their their, you know their kids are just kind of walking around the sports and assembly hall it's all a bit you know it's very quiet like you'd hear a pin drop (laughs) like they're talking but it's pretty quiet so here's old mate in the corner with his guitar and I've got the amp turned up like super low but it's enough just to have a bit of atmosphere and I was just I just had the time of my life (laughs) I was zoning out to a point you playing good riddance no, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I just had my delay pedal on, and I was just you know noodling, yeah. imagining myself as the edge or something. And this this parent comes up to me and goes, "Hey, do you do you teach guitar?" I'm like, "Nah, dude, I'm not, I'm not a guitar player. What are you crazy?" But um, yeah, nah, I just love that instrument. And so you start playing the guitar, and mm. um, uh, were you in any bands in in Tassie, um, like as a high school student? Uh, yeah, so I, um, my parents were not into the whole rock and roll thing, and mm-hmm. so um, I in in music class in year eleven, um, uh, my music teacher he would have some theory at the beginning of the month, uh, and I, I, we had block scheduling there, so it was on Tuesdays and Thursdays you had a bigger block, yeah. and then there, the other classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, um, and so what he would do is the first Tuesday of the month he'd have like theory. And then the rest of the month was actually you would meet in class so you could tick off your name. Yep. And then you would go into um, just music rooms and just work on whatever it is you were working on. And then yeah. at the e- at the very end, the last Thursday of the month, he'd come around and check on everyone basically. Yeah, so it was right. pretty loose and free. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just remember getting bored because, again, this was before I'd picked up the guitar. So uh. I'm just in a room like with a tape player because it's back in the day, you know, yeah. like going over. I think my song was like, it was Hard Day's Night or something by the Beatles. So I'm just like rehearsing in my little re- room, you know, on my own. And I can yeah. hear some noise from next door. So I go and poke my head in. Yeah. And there's three blokes from my class, one on drums, one on bass, one on guitar, and they're all mates. And yeah. they're just like jamming away to like Black Sabbath and Rolling Stones and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so I just kind of poked my head in there and we became friends. And so then we ended up... Uh, uh, joining, a, making it a band, you know, yeah. and so then we just had band practice at like, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays between, you know, like one thirty and 3.30. It's time because, to rehearse. Yeah, yeah, because we all had to rehearse anyway. So, um, yeah. yeah, and and I, I didn't tell my parents until like we had a school concert and so the school concert, you know, is like there's classical stuff, there's all sorts of stuff, right? Sure. But um, we signed up uh, to play <clears throat> Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Yep. And, um, I, I sort of I did the sneaky on my parents because I knew my parents were like they they want they wanted morally you've got to keep your word right which is something that I believe in as well right sure, so yeah. so I 
I, I, I used it against them in a way. I, and hopefully they're not listening to this, but they, they kind of know anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I waited until the day of the concert. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, i got to go back up to school later. And they're like, what do you got to go back up to school for? And, and I said, oh, well... Um, I've joined a band and, and we're playing um, in, in, and they're like, oh, what kind of band? I said, oh, it's a rock and roll band. They're like, oh, no, you can't, you can't do that. And I said, well, I've already committed to it and I've already, yeah. I've already signed up for it and it's already on the program and the teachers will be mad if I'm not there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so they very begrudgingly like, said, oh, all right. Right, took me back up, you know, not, uh. not too happy. But they took me back up and sat through me singing <laughs> Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. Stones, yeah. yeah. And, and I was so scared of an audience. Um, yeah, right. I, I stood with the, if you can visualize this, my hair was sort of like, it was longish, but not as long as it is now, sort of mm. down around my jawline. Sure. So I kind of stood far enough away from the microphones to where I'd just lean forward and, and my hair would go over my face and the <laughs> microphone would just go into the hair. And I just stood there for the whole song. I sang it, but yeah, I just stood yeah. there the whole song. Far out. Yeah. And even though you had been singing for so many years in the choirs and that, this was a different yeah, animal. Yeah, it's just a different... Yeah, completely different animal, like oh, performing. Yeah. I guess I didn't really think, like at church, like it didn't really feel like it was performing to me, whereas that was like actually performing, you know, yeah. everyone's sitting down and watching you. Right. Whereas like in church, I was, I've, I'd always been in part of like smaller churches, so it wasn't, mm. and, and we'd usually sit like in a circle, you know, so mm. everyone's kind of looking at each other and everyone's singing, whereas this was like, everyone's just looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and so... um did that band have a name? That name of that band was Delacoma. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you've had that name going since then. Yeah. Far out. Uh, any of the guys, like, did you end up playing music with those guys when you left school or? No, nah, we, um, we, our sort of claim to fame, if you will, we, at the end of that year was uh, when the Kosovo crisis was going on. I don't know if you remember that in Europe. Oh, Kosovo. What um, was that? That was anyway. It, it was, was it something about starving people or something. <laughs> it was one of the many civil wars in sort oh, okay. of like um, in, in like southeastern Europe. Okay. Sort of, yeah. So I uh, never took history. I'm really yeah. bad with that stuff. <laughs> Last night, my my wife was watching Chernobyl. I'm like, why aren't these dudes Japanese? She's like, babe, that's like F Fukushima. Yeah. Chernobyl's in Russia. I'm yeah. like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> now you sound like my daughter. My daughter will be like, "Daddy, what country do you live in?" I'm like, "I I live in Australia." She goes, "No, you live in Greensboro." And I'm like, "Yeah, oh. Greensboro is in Australia." Yeah. Oh, but but we live in Australia. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we we live in the same country. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't live that far away from each other. <laughs> it's like half an hour." <laughs> That's so good. She thinks it's another uh, suburb is another country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, if we were in Europe, it probably would be. Exactly. So even, par even parts of America. I mean, the Northeast up there, man. Like, you can get yeah. through, like, tons of states in just a few hours. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and so, was it, like, some type of benefit gig you were doing with, with Yeah, so band? we did, um, <clears throat> at the end of year 11, we did, uh, there was a, a Kosovo benefit concert, um, and there was some bigger um, 
act from the mainland that came in, and then yeah. there was a, a big band from Hobart, which is the big city in in in, in, uh, in Tasmania. And then we were the opening act, and we got to play like four songs. So oh, it was awesome. like, oh, it was amazing. It was in like some old hall, yeah, you know, like on this big like wooden stage with like the red curtain that opens and everything. Oh, that's the dream. Oh, yeah, yeah. living the rock star dream, and, and like. Lots and lots of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. there was a good like you know one and a half thousand people. Or oh, so fantastic! So it was, yeah, it was amazing. And this was at the end of year eleven or year end of year twelve. End of year eleven. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. And then year twelve, like I went to a different school, and you know the whole adage of you know Jimmy quit, Jody got married, sort of thing. You know, oh, like, really? No, you I know, wasn't the band anymore then. We kind of tried to keep stuff going, but like the drummer. Um, the drummer and his girlfriend got pregnant um, early in year 12. Whoa. And so, uh, you know, obviously didn't have as much time. And then sure. the, the bass player, I think the bass player dropped out of school and so he started working full time or something like that, you know, yeah, so yeah. that so whole thing. Pretty much yeah. disbanded. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward to you um, uh, pursuing tennis all, all, all the way through your, your high school career. Yeah, yeah, I played tennis. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and I was a distance runner as well. So mm-hmm. ten ten k. Um, I did. I, I played soccer as well. Um, but I wasn't as as good at soccer, I guess, as I was at the other two. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, and that led me to. So my my parents uh, really wanted me to go to uh, a, a private Christian school in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really into going to university, but um, I I did. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually do something I like outside of studying, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, I got a tennis scholarship and a distance running scholarship and blew up my shins. And so... So how does that work? Like, you're in another country. Mm. How, like, did you send a VHS tape of yourself playing tennis? (laughs) Or, like, how did they go, yeah, well, we believe that you've got the skills to play tennis when you come over here. Like, how did that... Man, I don't even remember now. I feel like it probably... The application process must have been, like... I mean, it was to be fair. It was a small school, so they probably would have taken anybody. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Um, but I, no, I, I, man, I really don't remember. I, th- I think what it was. I have a feeling that it was applied, like first of all, to get into the university, and then we started yeah. looking at scholarships. Oh, okay. You're I like, think. Oh, and they're like, oh, this think, is available. You yeah, could probably yeah. apply for that, yeah, and then you apply, got it. Yeah, yeah, oh, that I, th- makes I think sense. so. Because yeah. I mean, I I did play in state, <clears throat> and I had a ranking in in state ranking. So I mean, that probably that. that probably would have would have counted for something. Yeah. And so, what did I mean, you? We're s- talking a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What year was this? Uh, this was it. So uh, I graduated high school in 1999. Oh, 1999. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, so I started university in 2000. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I mean, I graduated in 98, so I'm just uh, you're only one year younger than me, um, I, I assume. I'm turning 40 next year, dude, so you'd be 40 in the year I'm 20, turning 38 next year. Oh, there you go. Huh. But oh, yeah, but I started late. That's probably why. That's why I graduated. See, I was homeschooled for most of my life. Yeah, right. Until I went to year 10. So I, I did, basically, I did three years worth of work in two years. So I started year 12 at 16. Oh, wow. And then I finished at 17. Right. And so then you got, went to uni at 18. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. 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 With, with six months off. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they do their, they, like, their school year starts in August. So oh, of course. Yeah. yeah so I, summer. I could have started halfway through, but I just decided to go ahead and start like at this regular school year. So I went over there and worked. 
Yeah. Um, until and then had some time off and then yeah. And eventually August rolled around and you were in uni. Yeah. What what job did you get when you first went over there? <laughs> yeah. I worked at Arby's, which is a <clears throat> that's a fast food restaurant. It's a burger place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Arby's. Yeah. Arby's. <laughs> it's a roast beef restaurant. Far out. Yeah. Um I've always been pretty good with mental maths, like so they put me in the drive through. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> because just because, like, they don't. <clears throat> by the time you'd, I could just do it quicker because I'd in my head I'd figure out how much change people needed without actually having to punch it in the calculator. Yeah, right. Because this was I mean, going back far enough to where I mean now with the computer screens, it's a little bit different. But like, it was kind of the more the old school cash registers back then. Back then, yeah. Far out, man. Um, and so you start university and did you mention, I know you said you're on a tennis scholarship, but what was your actual field of study at university? Uh, started off with psychology, but, uh, I learned very early on that I wasn't really super into psychology. I was more interested in human communication. So I switched okay. to human communication. Right. So my, yeah, my bachelor's degree is in human communication. Right. Okay, cool. Um, and how long did the degree take over there? Is it, is it like four and like, a half? Oh, it's four and a half over there. Yeah, yeah I mean right. it's technically four. You know, like over here, like usually degrees are like two to three years. Yeah, about three years for a degree. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like um, over there, like what happens is everyone has to take ele- um, general education subjects, and that's just oh. because. It, it's almost like doing year 12 again. Like right. you have to take basic math, basic English, basic history. It's like, like a foundation year almost. Yeah, because there's so many people like that and that the standards are so different from state to state. They kind of get people all on the same level. Ah, yeah. so they go, if they flunk out of this foundation year, then they know that they can't, won't be able to handle the actual course the following yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's actually a really clever way of getting everyone on the same playing field i suppose yeah yeah i mean what it means if you can like uh, essentially unless you come from uh like a lot of people come in that first year just a party year because like you're basically just doing year 12 again (laughs) like you're like man i just did this (laughs) like (laughs) so that's why all those movies when they go to college it's like yeah party yeah exactly i've already done all this before yeah exactly oh my gosh wow man that is it's just it's a different mentality too because um over there like probably i would say maybe 95 percent of people at university um didn't grow up in that city whereas over here you predominantly go to a university that's where you in your own town yeah Yeah. so why is that why don't they go to universities in this place that they live i don't know it's just just like to get out and I guess. Yeah. Because it's, it's thi- romanticized in the cinema for years and years and years. Yeah. Like we're going away to college. Yes. Going yep. away to yep. college. And you live in the dormitories, you know. Yeah. So there's like, you know, I mean, my parents didn't let me like watch a lot of um, uh, uh, movies that I felt like I should have watched when I was like <laughs> growing up, you know, like uh, yeah. like M-rated movies and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. And so I just binge watched all of those in university. Like that first year, like I was yeah. just pretty much like watching like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like all the, all the movies I wished I'd watched the year before. Oh, man. Like until like 5 a.m., you know, like just Far catching around. up on everything. Wow. Um, that's pretty much what my first year of university was. <laughs> just watching movies in your dorm room. Yeah, watching uni- uh, uh, movies in the dorm room and playing like LAN parties and stuff like that. <laughs> LAN parties on the computer? Really? What game yeah. were you playing? Well, see, I'm really horrible at computer games. Yeah. I'm um, really bad. So 
um, I had a few mates who were computer nerds, and they sure. f- and they figured out if they invited me, I'd be like an easy kill. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing like Counter Strike and stuff. Oh, dude, like GoldenEye and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah. like they they would literally walk up to me and like throw down whatever weapon they've got and like slap me to death <laughs> while I've got like some submachine gun and I'm like trying to figure out how to shoot them and then it's like you will respawn in like 30 seconds I'm like damn it again <laughs> oh, oh that nice. is fantastic dude I remember playing that that the one that I just mentioned Counter-Strike and, and I could play it like I loved playing it but I had my mate he was so good at it and yeah. it was a similar kind of thing like you know he'd throw a grenade and he, he could make your head blow up you know with, with yeah. a grenade <laughs> which usually most people would need to you know use the gun to like do that kind of thing to you um, yeah so I can certainly empathise there oh man so playing video games oh, Worms Worms you remember Worms what was that which one was Worms <laughs> Is that like the... It's kind of like Lemmings. You remember yeah, Lemmings? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's right. Worms was one where like that you, you could like get different um, like weapons and stuff for the yeah, worms. Yeah, yeah. And, like you could get yeah. a tank and like, you yeah. know, like try to destroy Some of them have like a bazooka worm. and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> I think like the, the graphic was a, was a worm with a bandana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you, ca- you have the kamikaze one. So yeah. the, the kamikaze yes. one would just do this massive leap and then explode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those early Naughties video games were classic. Oh man! man. Oh, we oh, do um, uh, NFL Blitz. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just it, it's just like it really stupid. It's kind it's kind of like uh, NBA Jam. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you get on fire and you like just smash into everyone and like oh, yeah. you break their leg, you know, just by touching them, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. So wild parties for you yeah, over wild at parties. <laughs> in college years. Yeah. Well, you can't drink over there until you're 21, anyway. So. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. that's the strange thing. You go to uni at like 18, 19, but you can't legally drink. So yeah. it's like you have to be at uni for. I mean, I yeah, I guess you are at uni for four and a half years. So eventually, you yeah. turn 21. And yeah, yeah, but um, there must have been some stories where you were like illegally drinking in the state. I mean, you would yeah. have been legal to drink when you were at home, anyway. Yeah. And then go over there. It's illegal. It's like, yeah. hang on, I've already been drinking for six months. What's I know. the big deal? I know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it's funny because like you go, so when you're, you know, when you're 17, almost 18, I mean, you don't look that much different when you are 18. Exactly. But there is a big difference between being 18 and 21. Yes. Right. So you definitely don't look, 20, especially me, like I, I barely even started shaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so if you were okay. caught drinking in a public place, it would be completely obvious. If oh, you absolutely. Yeah, like, right. I mean, I, yeah, I still look like when I, <clears throat> after, cause I, I got into theater, uh, when I was at university after I blew out my shins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that led me to, that led me to working on a wind farm. I worked on a wind farm in, in Texas mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. And then I went out to LA as an actor. Right. And when I was in LA as an actor, I was doing all high school kids, even though I was like 20, 23, 24, 25. Like you I did like the that? OC, like criminal minds, cold case, like just as playing a high school kid. Really? Yeah. Because like, you know, I'd have to like sneeze really hard to get some sort of facial hair, you know, like <laughs> pop out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Far out. Um, and so, is there stuff out there of you um, in those early years? Um, 
uh, that we could like watch, like bring up and stuff. <laughs> you probably could, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I remember I, I taught with a guy, um, Cam McDonald. He was the drama teacher. And his claim to fame was that he was an extra on The X Files once. Yeah, wow. And he showed me the episode of Blue Mind because that was my show yeah, as a kid. Show. I, I love the X Files. I love that show. I love the X Files. And he's, uh, you know, just sitting in the staff room with him one day and he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I was in The X Files. I'm like, what? What? You were in The X Files? Like, yeah, 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 I was an extra. Yeah. You could see me walking past. I'm like, you have to tell me the episode. Give me the time deck index. And I went home and watched it. Okay, so so six degrees of separation here for you. Yeah. Right? So one of my weird, uh, odd jobs on summers on University in America. So um, <clears throat> uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, was from Montana. And so I went back up uh, for a summer up there and got an odd job. Mm. And um, I worked as a removalist. Huh. And we moved this script writer who was moving in. Um, to Montana, she just moved from LA, and um, this this moving truck was just full of boxes and boxes of scripts. Huh. Turns out that uh, like she there was about like twenty boxes of scripts that had the X Files on there, and I just happened like I I didn't realize at first that she was a scriptwriter. I thought you know maybe I don't know maybe she collects them or so I don't know what Who she knows? does. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah. So she was she was one of the main scriptwriters for for a good chunk of. The X Files, really? and I'm a big fan of the X Files as well. So yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah. wow!" What was her name? I can't remember now, man. Oh. I mean, we're going back. This is like 20 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, if you watch the X Files, her name would pop up, yeah. written by yeah, yeah. Her. Oh yeah. wow, that's so cool, yeah. man. Gotta love that show. Yeah, I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to show them that kind of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> did you watch the Did you watch the new episodes? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Whenever they do that stuff, that just hits my nostalgia button like yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> nostalgia button, hammer, bam. Mulder yes, yes. <gasps> Scully, sign me up, man. Sign me up. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Well, um, so you said that you were doing the um, the course. Now, were you doing the acting thing before you finished uni or after you finished uni? No, during university. So, I did. Yeah. Oh. So what happened was I, I blew up my shins. Yes. Um, and so they basically, I went to nationals for the 10K. Yeah. Um, so I, I got shin splints um, in qualifying for nationals mm. and I'd run a 28.55, I want to say it was, 10K, which- um, So 28 minutes and 55 seconds, yeah. you are able to run that in 10 kilometers. Yeah. Whoa. So, I mean- I, I that put me in the top, like, I don't know, like, 1,000 or something like that. So, I wasn't anywhere near the top. Like, the ones that are winning it are running, like, 24 minutes. Wow. Which, you, know? <laughs> you know, so you're kind of all together for the first kilometer, and after that, you really don't see a whole lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fast enough to qualify, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the physios and doctors and all that said, look, you've got, you've, you've got shin splints in both shins. You probably shouldn't, you know, you should probably take a few weeks off. And yeah, I was right. like, well... Next week is nationals. I'm not going to take nationals off. I just qualified for nationals. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, there's there's a good chance, you know, that you're going to do some damage. And I was like, well, I've got to take that chance because, I mean, it's nationals. Yeah. You know, how often do you qualify for nationals? Sure. So I did, um, and I think it was first or the second K in, mm-hmm. um, I my left shin separated from the bone. And that caused my left arch to collapse. Yes. Um, and then I kept running and about, you know, the fourth or the fifth kilometer, my right one, same thing happened. So I ended up, I ended up right, running like a 46 minute 10 k or something oh, like man. that. You know, basically like golem crawling across the line. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. <clears throat> so, yeah, they said, you know, in order to rehab and do all that sort of stuff, you're not going to be able to run for like a year and a half probably. Mm-hmm. And when you're in university, you know, you're for four years, you know, and this is the end of the first year. I mean, that puts you, you know, you're pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and they'd canceled the tennis program. Right. So, I was like, well, I've got to try and find something that I can do to, to um, keep up these scholarship dollars so I can keep going to university. Yeah. So, um, I talked to the, um, talked to a few people, ended up getting a scholarship to, a uh, theater scholarship, but not as an actor. Um, they hadn't filled all the acting ones, so mm-hmm. they still had some scholarships available, so they put me on as a scholarship for helping to build sets. Oh, really? So I was just on helping to build sets and you know helping out for the productions and stuff like that, essentially. Sure, yeah. um, but then just meeting some of the people, they talked me into trying out, and I tried out, and I ended up doing uh, 20 plays at university. Wow. Yeah, and just really discovering a love for that. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So this is all... At the same time as doing your general courses. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and yep. so it's like, uh, yep. what's, what is like co I mean, in Australia, they call it co-curricular, but over there, was, is it, what, is it got a name? Like the extracurricular. Extracurricular. There yeah. you go. There you yeah. go. Um, oh, nice one. And so during some of that time, um, while you're studying, you decide to, um, like move to Hollywood. Um, so what had happened was, um, so <laughs> I'm, 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 bu- I'm building my, my rock star resume here. I, yeah, I, love I it. did get, uh, I got married in university the first time. Right. And uh, it was very short lived. Uh, and we also got divorced in university. Really? And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, with, we had, I'd, I'd moved like right after we'd gotten divorced, I'd moved to a different city that was maybe uh, an hour and a half away. From uni? <clears throat> yeah, from uni, even though I had one class left. Because most of my classes were done in the four years, but I had like, I think one or two classes left in, the, in like an extra semester. Right, right. Um, and so I'd moved um, uh, to a different city about an hour and a half away um, because I'd gotten a job out there and there was also a, a, a really big university, University of Nebraska, because I, w- I went to University of Nebraska, but mm. not to University of Nebraska, but they had a really good theater program. And okay. so I tried out for one of their productions and I was um, the first one to actually get into a production not being actually enrolled in the school. Right. Um, so they had like a master's in, in acting. And so everyone that was in that production was, was getting their master's in acting. Yeah. Um, but I was it. I was a part of it, um, that production. Um, and so from there that gave me the confidence to kind of go, you know what? Um, I'm going to go out, I'm going to, I'm going to head out to Hollywood, but I'm going to go and try and make some money first. So I got a job, um, building wind farms in West Texas. Right. Absolutely hated it. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. It was horrifying. <laughs> just as like a laborer. Yeah, just as a laborer. So you'd, you'd get like a, you'd, they'd sink like a 30 foot deep hole. Yeah. And then they'd put a harness on me because they don't know if the ground is stable underneath or not. So they put a harness on me. Yeah. And they'd lower me down in the hole with a, with a pick and a shovel. <laughs> and I'd, I'd have to just kind of like tap around and see if it was stable. And if it was, and they put this metal can without a bottom on it down around me. Yeah. And then I have to, me- they drop a string line down and I'd have to measure it to get it all level. 
Okay. Or while I'm hanging off of a harness, off of a harness, you know, in like 38 degree heat, 30 foot down in the earth, inside a metal can in the middle of summer. Jeez. So the 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 upside to all of this is I got really ripped. <laughs> right. <laughs> you lost all these yeah. weight. You're looking cut. Yeah, exactly. So then when I moved out to LA, one of my first jobs that I got out there was I did a Target underwear ad. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> I had like an eight pack and all this sort of yeah. stuff. You know, like, feel like, oh man, you must work out all the time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> pretty much just spent all my time like hanging off a harness with a with a pick in one hand and a shovel in the other. Yeah, <laughs> like for ten hours a day <laughs> yeah you know it's like the best workout of your life i know right Jeez. yeah so you do the target underwear ad and that just kind of leads from one gig to the next and the next you get bo- um <clears throat> booked a bit more i got uh so i got i i did a play um and that was um that was my first um sort of i guess target underwear ad was my first gig in la if you will sure. but my first regular one was the um the play um which is pretty cool because i was like a, you know a weekly paycheck you know it wasn't much but i was you know i mean i'm in i'm in hollywood and yeah you know was, it was up in burbank um that i i got the role um and then i was working at banana republic in oh, santa that's monica like a, uh, a clothing, clothing chain, store isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> I was, I was actually working, uh, my, my, um, name tag said women's intimate specialist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. It did. It did. Women's intimate, intimate specialist. specialist. And so, it said that on your yeah, name tag. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Dale, you so, make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> so I worked in jewelry, uh, bras and, uh, underwear, obviously. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, fitted, um. Jessica Alba for a, a bra, and Reese Witherspoon and Diane Keaton came in as well. Um, how, does, how does that work? It's kind of awkward actually, because everyone else in the department was either female or gay, and I'm straight, so it was kind of awkward because they like they're just assuming you're gay, surely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and so they go into the dressing room, and you're there, and you're like, oh, okay, and they full get their kit off in front of you, and you go, okay, here's size A, size B. Yeah. Holy shit. How did you get that gig? <laughs> <laughs> kind of by accident because they make you they they make you go through all the departments yeah. and then and then once you've gone through all the departments and trained in all the departments. Yeah. Um then they just see where there's there's a free spot. Far and out. so I I've always loved jewelry and it's all three are in are in one. It's jewelry, shoes and instruments. Yep. So they um yeah, they stuck me in there. One day, yeah, Jessica Alba <laughs> rolls into Banana Republic, and there's old mate. Yeah. Hey, would you uh, do you need help with your bra this afternoon, <laughs> Jessica? What? What, uh, what are you? Uh, <laughs> can, can I can I help you with anything today? Yes, actually, I'd uh, like uh, to purchase a bra. Okay. Uh, well, I am an intimate specialist, after all. <laughs> You, you must have just been <laughs> thanking God at this point. How did I end up here? Wow, that's brilliant. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to top that, dude. That's, that's a fantastic story. Oh, gosh. I actually have a rock star story if you want from, from, from LA. You ready for this oh, one? Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, with that. You, you yeah, ready? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, I'm playing a bit of solo acoustic, you know. Um, I'm, I'm one of the whole, you know, starving artist types, you know, as everyone is in LA, you know. Yeah, yeah. Trying to do the acting thing, but working at Banana Republic and 
where, you know, I, I think I had a second job as well. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so I'm playing a bit of acoustic guitar upstairs in the Rainbow Room. And um, upstairs in the Rainbow Room is really small. Um, and there's only like six people there watching me, you know. And originally it was meant to be a full band gig. But mm. my guitarist wanted to go see uh, Metal School, which are now Steel Panther, oh. at the Key Club, right? Which was close, close by. And it's like sold out, right? And I didn't have the money to go. So I said, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do the gig rather than like trying to do an acoustic band. Because it was meant to be like a like a band, but acoustic style. Anyway. Sure, yeah. So I'm like, I'll just do it myself. So I do the gig and there's- You're doing um, like covers, yeah? No, no, no. Our own stuff. <clears throat> oh, original stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember. It was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night or something like that. Okay, you know? cool. But it's upstairs and the, sta- the, the stage, you know- um, is kind of like underneath these stairs, you know? So it's, anyway, it's, it's not a great gig. Um, but <clears throat> I get done and there's, um, there's these, there's two really beautiful, like, um, young blonde chicks there. Mm. And there's a, there's a, a really short blonde woman with massive cans, <laughs> like massive. You're like, okay, those are not, those are bought and paid for. They're definitely not like natural. <laughs> they bolted um, on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there was um, just kind of an average-looking um, male and female couple. Right. right? There's the only people that are left uh, when I when I get done. So I go over to the bar, um, and the and the short short woman with bolt-ons like comes over and starts talking to me. She said, "Oh, my friends think you're hot. You know, um, yeah. can I introduce you?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So I go over, start talking to them, um, and they go, "Oh, look!" And it turns out all of them together and they go oh, we're <clears throat> we're gonna go next door to see uh middle school yeah uh, did you want to come and i said oh it's sold out and, they, and the the short chick she goes oh that's fine she goes uh, my, my boyfriend will get us in huh. and, I, and i go oh who's your boyfriend now bear in mind okay i grew up a very very conservative christian so the yeah. fact that i didn't know who this person is right <clears throat> um uh, shouldn't if you know my background, it won't come as a shock. Okay. So I said, "Who's your boyfriend?" And she said, "Ron Jeremy." <laughs> and I go, Who, "Who's that?" Yeah, yeah. So she goes, "Really?" And she pulls out a photo. Huh. Now, I'm a big fan of the movie Boondock Saints. I don't know if you heard of Boondock Saints. I've heard of it, but I haven't okay, seen it's it. It's great. It's great. It, it, it's a it's a low budget sort of indie film, basically about the um, Irish mob in it's like lock, in, and, lock stock and yeah, kind of similar to that. Yeah, kind of like that, right? So Ron Jeremy has about three lines in there as oh, like does he really? a, as a mobster's henchman, right? <laughs> and he's awful. Right? He's awful. Yeah. So she shows me the photo, and I go, Ah, he was in. He was in Boondock Saints. Yeah. And she goes, uh, yes. And I go, okay. And um, I get a little bit incredulous because I'm, you know, I'm a struggling actor as well. And yeah. <clears throat> here's this like really ugly old dude who's had three lines in a low budget indie film. And apparently he's going to get us into the key club, you know, the <laughs> hottest gig in town. <clears throat> like yeah. Eddie Van Halen's going to be there tonight. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's the, that's the rumor. So <clears throat> I go, I go. Okay, well, um, all right. So you reckon you can get us in? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So we go downstairs. Yeah. Limo pulls up. Out rocks Ron. Yes. You know, shake his hand, and um, I've since made sure I washed that hand many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and um, and he goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go next door. I'll get us in. So he walks in front of us, and I've got a a, a blonde twin on either arm. Yeah, and I'm walking right behind him, and we go walk right past uh, like a queue that's like a block and a half long to get in the key club, what? and everyone's like, you know, 
hollering and you know like wolf whistling and all this sort of stuff and i'm like what is going on yeah what is going on I they mean, all recognize him yeah and they think that i'm must be somebody <laughs> because i'm with him and sure, I've, sure. I've got a bond twin on either arm <laughs> right so we get up to the door and they let us in yeah go backstage Eddie Van Halen's there. Oh, my God. So, he introduces me to Eddie. He goes, hey, you know, Eddie, this is Del, Del, Eddie. You know, and so we chat for a little bit, and Eddie's like, sorry, guys, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to go up top and, and watch from up top, you know. There's too many people down here. I've got a private box. Okay, says Ron. Sure, That's yeah. cool. He goes, are you sure? He goes, I've got a couple of security guards here that are w- that are with us, you know. you can." He's like, nah, nah, nah that's fine. I'll, I'll go up top. So, we go down front. And by this time, I'm fully freaked out. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this guy has got to be like part of the mob or something like that. Like this, because I've got no. I'm like, he knows everyone. Everyone yeah. is like, everyone knows who he is. Gives him shit for free, like all yeah. sorts of stuff. And he's like short, ugly, old. I'm like, what, what? is going on? Yeah, what is going on? So <clears throat> we're watching Metal School, which is Steel Panther, right? That was yes. back when they were doing covers, Steel Panther. So we we're right in front of stage and he's just talking about guitar the whole time he's yapping my ear off offering me drinks the girls are offering me drinks and i'm saying no to everything because i'm super afraid that they're gonna like i'm gonna like (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like super afraid right at this point have have a great night apart from my paranoia yeah yeah. you know a gig ends we go out and they all go hey we're going back you know we're 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 having a party do you want to come back and i was like no no i'm fine i'm fine anyway the next day, next day, I say to my guitarist, he goes, he goes, oh man, you should have been there last night. You know, it was amazing. He goes, my, my seats were up the back, you know, but it was cool. I go, funny story. I was actually there. He goes, really? And I told him, I started telling him the story. And as soon as I said, Ron Jeremy, he goes, hold on. Ron Jeremy? And I go, yeah. I go, do you know who he is? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, please, for the love of God, like, tell me who this man is. And he's like, he's the biggest Bourne star in the entire world. And I'm like, oh, my God, everything makes sense now. Everything makes sense. <laughs> that was a really long story. I'm sorry. But no, no, it's a great payoff uh, at the end, especially if, especially if our listeners, some of them may not know who Ron Jeremy is. You know, some of them may, may I, as soon as you said the name, I was all over it. But um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So that was the night that I met Ron Jeremy and Eddie Van Halen. In the one night. In the one night. Far out, dude. That's a fantastic story. Cheapest creepers. Yeah. Let's just let that hang there in, in the ether for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, and if my- you haven't watched Boondock Saints, I mean, it's a great. I've know, been meaning like, to, yeah. Should, I, I, should, should, I should get on that, um, especially, and I'll look out for his um, his Please cameo do. It's, in it's, it. Um, yeah. It's something to be beheld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and please think of me when you do watch it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm winning and ahhing whether I should tell this story, but no, oh, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> I, 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 ha- I have a distinct memory of one of the first ever pornos I ever owned as, as a, a, a young youth, you know. Yes. It was one called like space sex or something or porno <laughs> wars or some shit you know it was like a star wars kind of spoof right yeah it's right up my wheelhouse right <laughs> and ron jeremy's banging this like bird and she's all green and shit <laughs> she's, got, she's got like green you know body paint on her and i'm watching her going god this guy's awful yeah <laughs> how is he in this porno you know and then years later i realized yeah. oh okay it's this this is the guy like for years he this is his 
the huge. hedgehog. The, he's the man, main guy. Yeah, yeah. Know? So there you go. God, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> and he's got a. I think he's got a rum out as well. Is it a rum? Oh, I don't know. He's I think going. he does. Yeah. Have you seen? He actually did. Uh, there was some some video going around. I don't know if it was. Um, of him doing like Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball. Oh, really? <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> oh, Ron Jeremy. Well, if you're listening, mate, you've certainly entertained us for the last 10, 15 minutes. So thank yeah, you, Ron. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, and so uh, we did touch on some of the gigs that you were getting. Um, uh, you said like, like a crime scene one. What, what, what was the jobs that you were getting? I did. Uh, so I did um, a couple of episodes of The O.C., um, oh, the then, OC, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Criminal Minds and Cold Case. Yeah, right on. Um, like speaking roles? No, I was a featured extra in all of them. So if okay. you see the episode, um, you, you see me. Like I have a specific character. Yep. But um, so, um, for instance, in uh, Cold Case, they're telling, because <clears throat> that's one where they're, they're trying to figure out, obviously, cases that have gone cold, you know, so most of them are a long time ago. Yes. So, they're interviewing this lady um, about something, and she goes, oh, I do remember, you know, this this specific day. She goes, I was, I was a young waitress, and I was really flustered, and I came out from behind the counter, and I almost mm. ran into this young kid. He just, like, run out in front of me, and that was me, right? So, they've- ah. Right. So, she's telling the story. Like a montage. Yeah, yeah. I've got no lines, but, yeah. you know, I've got this part, you know, that's pivotal to the story. Yes. You know, so they, that's why they call it a featured extra. Right, right, you right, You know, because right. you're, still, you're still background, but, like, you're actually, like, you, you've got a- A moment. Yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I actually did, um, like, I've done two bits of paid extras work this mm-hmm. year. Um, yep. Since I'm not playing in a band at the moment, I, I do. I'm just trying to spread my wings a little bit and do some different stuff that I've never yeah. done before. And um, yeah, uh, I haven't landed the featured extra role yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hope so one day. Um, but um, at the moment, yeah, like I've done like that extras work, and it, it is. It's a weird gig, man. You're waiting around a long time and you're watching all the people do their their thing and you're going, man, I'm just in the background here, you know. I'm getting paid, but like, man, I could do that, like what they're doing well, kind of thing. Well, you've got it. I mean, because I've, I've done it now for quite a few years. Like, sure. I, like um, essentially, you're a human prop. Yeah, right. That's what you are. You know, yeah. in the same way that they move, they put a table here or a chair there. Yep. You know, you were there you know, so that you can create the mood for the actors. Yeah. You know, that's so, it. you know, like I just, I, I just did one, um, couple of days ago where it was a, a party scene, mm. you know? And so they're trying to see this girl take a pill. Mm. <clears throat> and so we're trying to create a party. So uh, like it, like in a club. So you've got to move in front of the camera. Oops. It's okay. Uh, you got to move in front of the camera. Um, to dance but you've also got to allow the camera to see her take the pill you know right yeah so you're yeah. kind of like you're 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 there just to give the illusion of there being a bunch of people there yeah right so yeah. i guess once you kind of make peace with that like this is your gig today yeah you, it's not yeah. the focus isn't on you the focus is on them yeah um you kind of yeah you, you kind of get the get the idea of it yeah crazy um and so yeah eventually you you come back to Australia, yeah. So I did. I also did a couple of <laughs> really stupid uh, MTV reality shows uh, while I was over there. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Which um, ones which, were uh, like the real world or something? No, it, I did uh, Next, 
uh, which is a dating show, and then I also did another dating show called My Own. Yeah, right. Which was uh, <laughs> pretty bad. Really bad. One of one of one of them's uh, well. One of them's fortunately buried in the annals of time. I think the other one is every now and again pops up on on YouTube because sure. like every now and again I'll get a mate that will like send me a link and I'm like, oh god, it's resurfaced again. <laughs> Someone's found it, damn yeah. it. Because <laughs> those things, I mean, they they cut them up and everything. Like reality's not real, you no, know. No, so they like, say every- yeah. yeah. So it. <laughs> Like, the way it turns out, I remember the first time I did one, I was all excited to watch it, got my friends over and everything, and then I'm like, wow, I look like a complete dickhead. Yeah, right. Okay, all right. They just chopped everything up. (laughs) Put what you said in a different order, in a different context. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, right. Because when you're watching those shows, it's like, you know, you can tell like some of the situations that they're in, it's like completely orchestrated. Yeah. Already absolutely. written. Like, written. Yeah. Like, this is the situation. Obviously, the, the a lot of the dialogue, obviously, isn't, because not like the people on no. reality shows are going to learn dialogue, but the situations are there. It's like, okay, sweet. So, you've just broken up with your boyfriend. You're going to go to the um, beauty salon with your girlfriends. You're going to talk about it. Yeah, they have the a creative consult. They call it a creative consultant. Right. So, so like, they, they go, okay, I, I want you guys, <laughs> one of the ones is so stupid, they, they wanted us to talk about penis size. Right, so, so you're just like you're just chatting, like, because like the premise of next, right, is that you you like you got five guys on a bus with the windows blacked out, and there's some chick off the bus. You don't know what she looks like. Huh. First guy gets off the bus. You you drive to a, a location that nobody knows where it is, right? The first guy gets off the bus and goes on a date with this chick. Right. When she is done with the date, she calls next. So there's a there's a timer, you know, from counting down from an hour, oh. right? And so any time in that hour, she can say next. She says next. He gets back on the bus, and number two comes out. Right. right? If she, the idea of it, and like everyone gets paid the same, right? But yeah. the, the according to the show, right? If she makes it all the way through, then she gets the money. But if she if she finishes the hour with somebody then the guy gets to choose whether he gets the money or a second date. Oh, right. So, so the guy's on it's the bus. Inter- it's an <clears throat> interesting premise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, <clears throat> um, being on the, I didn't even get off the bus. Like she ended up going <laughs> with like number three and I was like number four and number five or whatever. So I'm just on the bus for like 10 hours with the windows blacked out. You <laughs> 10 know? hours? Yeah, 10 hours. That's how long it took yeah. them to shoot yeah. three three hour dates. Yeah. One hour date, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you're just like, and so like, you're not allowed to talk when the cameras are not on, you know? So yeah, so yeah. when the cameras are on, they go, okay, we need some, you know, some stuff. So they just tell you stuff to talk about. And then when it gets yeah. a bit boring or whatever, they go, they, cut, they go, okay, okay. So, so that was really good. Yeah. But um, can you say that, but just maybe don't mention this? Okay, cool. So then they, they roll again. And so then you, you start talking again and they'll go, okay, okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> maybe this time, may, maybe you talk to this guy about that, you know, because that was right. good, but like you're talking to him, that's a bit boring. So maybe you talk to him about that. Yeah. You know, okay. So that's why they give you all sorts of random stuff, you know. That's like, weird, just, man. Yeah. They call it a creative consultant. Yeah, right. <clears throat> there yeah. you go. That's how the reality yeah. gig works, man. Yeah. Cre- creating reality. Creating <laughs> <laughs> the pseudo reality through someone telling you what to pretty much talk about. But yeah, I uh, my agent at the time uh, said if you haven't made it by the time you're 25, you'll never make it, and uh, which is total bullshit. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I wasn't mentally strong enough to really 
uh, understand that. Sure. And so I got to 25 and, um, you know, I, I hadn't made it, quote unquote. So sure. I, I moved to Sydney. Yeah, right. Yeah. Came, came down here. Yep. And um, started playing music. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd always been sort of like playing music, but um, I'd, I'd sort of, I went through a period there from 25 to, <clears throat> I guess, uh, 27, I would have been, no, 26, so I was only a year, I guess, uh, really, and um, I went into um, full-time work, and I was like, yeah, you know, I gave it a shot, you know, but entertainment, you know, is entertainment. Yeah. I need to grow up, you know, and then after a year, I was like, nah, it's in the blood, I can't. I can't, can't get it out. It. I can't do it. Yeah, so right. I, I, I auditioned for a band. I joined a pop rock band called Inatone. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out one uh, EP. Um, and then while I was in that, that's when I joined. Uh, I ended up leaving them to join a band called Sunset Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, we were around for about four and a half years. And we did um, two EPs. Worked with Steve James, producer of like uh, Screaming Jets, Better. Oh, yeah, nice. Did some cold, work with Cold Chisel. And our second EP was with uh, Mark Opitz, who did um, In Excess, wow. uh, Power Age by ACDC, um, oh, wow. all the big Cold Chisel records, the big Noiseworks records. Yeah. Um, and um, we did three tours of the US. And then that split, um, and it was right before that split that I'd met um, my second ex-wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, moved down to Melbourne because um, she's from down here. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, they uh, that band split up, and um, we'd already gotten an offer to come back for a third straight year at a uh, festival in America called Rocklahoma. Okay. And I, I just wasn't ready to quit yet, and I, I had this offer on, on the table, and so I thought, well, I didn't really want to go solo per se, but sure. like I, they knew my name from that, because it's a unique name, obviously, you know, yeah. so I just decided to call the band that, and I said, yeah, okay, uh, you know, how about I'll take the slot, but with my new band, and yeah. like, oh, you've got a new band, and I was total BS, I was like, yeah. I was like yeah, yeah, I've got a new band. Didn't have any band. Didn't even have a band yet. Nah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah, they announced that we were on the festival slot and all that, and then I sort of put the band together. Sure, yeah. And that's when Delacoma started to kind of yeah. start playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have you been in Melbourne ever since? Yeah, so I've been... We moved down here in hmm, 2012. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, probably would have been mid 2012. Yeah. And I've I've seen that you like you kind of travel back and forth like from from the states uh and Melbourne um and is that when you like you get a show over there you kind of go over there do a few shows tours and then you come on back home? Yeah. Now we spent about 9 months over there. Mm-hmm. Um so my ex-wife and when my daughter was like real young, we spent about 9 months over there when I was first building the band. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. <clears throat> we lived out of Austin, Texas. Uh, but apart from that, I pretty much just go um, over there for tours. So right, I'll, okay. I'll, go, I'll go over and do a tour. I used to do like longer tours, like, you know, two, three months. But these yeah. days I, I kind of just, I, I try I try and keep them just to sort of like four or five weeks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice one. Um, and so during that time while you were touring with, um, with Delacoma and, um, Sun, what, Sunset Riot. Sunset Riot. Yeah. Um, were there any times like on the tour bus that like um, 
or just like any any kind of like gigs that like you look back on you're like oh wow that was the gig like you feel like you really put on a great performance or maybe there was like loads of people that were just really kind of tuned into what you were doing definitely man definitely i, I mean that's kind of what i, I and well it is a, a big part of why i've i've continued i guess because i mean if it's in you it's in you you're always going to do it yeah but you know when you really connect with a big audience and you go well, maybe i haven't quite had a big break yet <clears throat> but like i played in front of some big audiences and really really connected with them and so you go well maybe it's it, it there's something there that i've just got to keep i've i've got to keep putting it out Doing there because yeah. when i when when i do it like it it's good yes you know i mean we played <clears throat> we got the opportunity uh, in delacoma to open up the main stage of uh, rock usa mm-hmm. two years in a row so the first year that we opened it um it was us skid row uh black label society five finger death punch uh sorry slayer than five finger death punch wow um and then the second year we did it it was us tesla sticks um def leopard Far out, man. So, by the time the headliner gets on stage, there's 35,000 people there, right? But yeah, yeah, when yeah. you get on stage, there's 25,000 people there already. <laughs> Still. So, you're like, you get, on, you get on the main stage of a festival. Yeah. 25,000 people there. And you're you go, just slaying it, dude. You got, like, you know, TV cameras that are in your face, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, in Sunset Riot, we got to play um, <clears throat> Sydney. Was trying to get uh, the Soccer World Cup. I mean, we're going back now, like, 2000. 10 or 2011 yeah somewhere in there they were trying to get the world cup for i I don't know when it was 2018 world cup or something like that um sure and so they put on this thing where all the world cup matches for for soccer um were they put tv screens around darling harbor and when the when it came time for the for the finals after every final they were having a band playing on a floating stage out in darling harbor and it was the the main stage from Soundwave. okay that they would just float like 50 meters off shore there. Yes. The band would play. Yes. Now, right, like maybe two days before the third place playoff, a band pulled out and just so happened that a friend of one of the guys in the band, his girlfriend was working for the people that were organizational team that was putting it on and a band Uh, pulled out. Yeah. And they didn't have any budget and they were freaking out. They're like, well, what are we going to do? And she goes, I know a band that probably play for free. Yeah. And so we'd already, we were going to be in Brisbane the night before playing. So we literally played in Brisbane then drove overnight back down to Sydney to get on stage. And that was an absolute trip because you're playing and you, you're 50 meters offshore. So you can't really tell it. You go, Oh, there's maybe a few hundred people out there. You get told afterwards, there's like 15,000 or something, you know, like around the Harbor Yeah, because it's so big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to tell. You look up and you see this massive screen above you. Uh, of, of a camera of you looking up at the screen you know and you're like wow like yeah was that televised as well <coughs> um I, I think so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean Far again out. we're going back almost a decade now so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. that that would have been a cool gig that was it, at the time that was definitely the biggest gig that i'd ever played that was before we toured america like obviously i went to university over there and everything but i hadn't played america yet so sure yeah yeah so that that was definitely by far the biggest gig that i'd ever played to that yeah. date yeah wow man um 
And then touring over, obviously over in the States, how were those tours actually set up? Like, did you have, did you go over there on the back of like another act and like you were their support spot or had you, were you able to actually book your own shows? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, what happened was I had, um, I hosted a festival in Finland in 2011 um, and the organizer of that festival is actually from Delaware in the US. Um, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> Definitely did not do that the first time I went to Delaware. Um, for anyone listening out there from Delaware, I love you guys. I, I miss JB McGuinness. Um, anyway, w- w- Wayne's World was a bit too harsh on them. <laughs> yeah, really, they were. They? They were. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, the organizer of the festival, um, she really wanted us to play the European, uh, the, the festival in Finland. Okay. Um, but the lineup was already solid, so she asked me if I could come over and, and, and co-host it. Right. Which I did, and she was doing a festival also in Philadelphia. Um, and she said, we'll get you on the bill for that. Yeah. And that was in 2011. And so I was like, well, if we're going over for that show, I've got enough contacts, um, not necessarily in music, but just to try and start figuring out how to book some shows. Yeah. So I just booked that first tour on my own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, with, with help, obviously, but like um, sort of being lead agent, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then everything just kind of snowballed from there. Then the, obviously yeah. the next connections you made on that first one, you know, then that led to um, the second year, uh, we got an offer to play at Rocklahoma. So then that became the, the main uh, draw card of that tour and we kind of booked it around that. That show, yeah. And then we got offered to come back. So then we did the the third year was Rocklahoma plus the touring around that. Right, right. You know, and then by the time I got to starting Delacoma, I mean, I I toured over there for three years. So I had enough contacts, you know, to be able to just continue. Once that band disbanded again. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, it's very interesting, man, because it's something that like is very kind of um, alien to me, um, really only playing in my own country um i did have a romantic idea of playing in the states my lady and i we went over and holidayed in there you know before we had kids um and i took my acoustic guitar with me and my friend of mine had a um a flight case um for my for the mate and just so happened she had the exact same model as i did yeah um and it was this super heavy metal case you know (laughs) um and took it over to the states and i was like well i just want to just book you know every open mic that every major city that we're hitting, I'll find an open mic on the night that we're there and I'll just play, you know. Uh, it didn't work like that. <laughs> First night we landed in LA, I'm like, okay, we'll go to the comedy store, we'll just relax, you know, watch some comedy, you know, do whatever. Yeah. The second night I'm like, sweet, I've looked on the internet that there's an open mic. We went there and the building was closed. Like it was yeah. way old. It didn't even host it anymore. So that was um, that was bad. And I think eventually, I think we went down to, um, we, we got a, across to New York and we, I, I went to this open mic night and it was awful, man. They like they made us um, uh, pick a number out of a hat, and whatever number you drew was the the number that you would get to perform. And there was like fifty people there, and they were all performers. There yeah. was no audience. The audience was the performers. <laughs> yeah. And so I think because um, and you only got three minutes, and so I'm waiting there with my lady, and it was bad like every performer was worse than the next i was like man i thought all these people in new york they're meant to be amazing creative yeah. hub and they were just one shit act after another <laughs> eventually it was my turn to get up there and i'm like okay i've got three minutes i reckon i could cram three songs into three minutes i'll make it a medley right yeah. so i'm like i smash out one song smash out the second i went to go into my third and because he'd seen that i'd played two songs already 
um, even though I hadn't played for over the three minutes or whatever it was, he yeah. cut my microphone. Yeah. I'm like, you bastard. I came from Australia, dude. You're destroying yeah. my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing New York City, damn it. Yes. <clears throat> Don't you realize I'm Dave from Melbourne? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, um, yeah, certainly a l- a very different to the experiences that you've had, my friend, over in the States. But oh, I've had a few day. of those. The there shitty was, ones too? Oh, plenty of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, oh, there you go, man. But, you know, uh, from from the sh- talking about the shitty gigs, why don't we switch gears here um, and talk about a gig that's coming up? Indeed we should. Yes. Yes, I think that's a grand idea. Yeah, a grand idea. Yeah, yes. it is. Um, so I've been doing these shows now for a few years because uh, Pearl Jam was one of my favourite bands um, as a teenager and we, we, we did the 25th anniversary to 10, obviously, um, and then Versus as well a couple of years later. And, and in... Um, uh, 2019 marks the the 25th anniversary of their third studio album, Vitalogy. Um, and I thought, well, at some point during this year, um, I should really try and put on this show. Um, and so, yeah, I approached the um, uh, the Cherry Bar because that's where we'd been doing it for years and years. And um, unfortunately, they closed and they reopened and I couldn't get a date. And we actually did have a date, but um, it ended up that was like after they actually officially closed and they, yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. know that at the time. Um, and so I was like, well, I've, I've already organized the musos, no support acts at this point, but I'd already, already organized all the musos for it. I'm like, screw it. I'll just email every venue in town, you know, with all of our, um, uh, uh, prior, um, media, you know, like some videos and stuff that we had from the sold out shows and stuff. And the last venue I thought that would respond was the corner and and they did, they were like, yeah, we'll put on that show. I'm like. (laughs) Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got like 800 capacity venue. I said we sold out a 250 capacity, not 800, right? Yeah, yeah. But I checked their website and, and it's 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 really hitting that nostalgia button, right, at the moment. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff and a lot of the acts that are going through there um, are doing the tribute thing. Yeah. So um, I think it's going to be a cool vibe, man. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then, yeah, when I was putting it together, I was like, you know, well, over there, they, they do want three hours of music. Um, and I reached out to a band uh, called um, uh, The Millionaires Club. Uh, Julian James and Nick Ivkovich have both been um, uh, a prior guest on The Art of Touring. Um, and they, they do this thing. I'm not sure if you've had a look at it, but their band is, um, they play exclusively wrestling theme songs. <laughs> right? I didn't know that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> so they're going to get out there, they're going to be, you know, like Hulk Hogan Steve and Stone Cold Steve Austin Steve yeah. and, you know, the D-Generation X theme. And they all dress <laughs> up in like different wrestling <laughs> costumes and stuff. So uh, it's going to be a really great way to kind of start the night yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I reached out to you and, and, and we're, we're going to have Della Coma doing an original set as well yeah i'm I'm really excited for that because i'd initially i'd said no shows in 2019 um <clears throat> for me because i'm been trying to get the, my second record done for like two years now mm-hmm. it's going through a few personal issues as well and um and just trying to get all that sorted out um but <clears throat> i've ended up doing uh, a couple shows just because like this where a good opportunity comes along and i go man it sounds i've always wanted to play the corner mm. always want to play the corner. same yeah <clears throat> and I, I just did a show um, maybe uh, three weeks ago at the Cherry Bar. Um, again, because they reached out to me like super last minute. It was like two weeks before the show. Yeah. And they said, hey, uh, do you want to play this show? And I said, nah, I'm not doing any shows in 2019, but I really want to play Cherry Bar one last time. So I just 
and I didn't have a solid band lineup at the moment, and so I just reached out to... I've been doing a four-piece, but I reached out um, as a five-piece to uh, Jared Medwin, who's been on here before, Yes, uh, Tommy Sunset. Uh, both of them have done my last uh, two U.S. tours and my last European tour yeah. with me. Um, and Voya from Bad Moon Born mm. and Jared Marsh from Native Tongue. And they all said yes. And then we played at Cherry Bar and it was absolutely magic. And so uh, when we've been like on a, on a high from that for a little while. Yeah. And so when this came along, I was like, Hey guys, <laughs> want a reprise at the corner? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, I've always wanted to play that stage. I'm like, me too. Yes. Me too. That's so awesome. It's going to be really cool, man. We've got we've got um, new songs too, so it's going to be yeah. cool to like play some new songs and playing with a full five piece is amazing. And you're going to let me get up and sing a couple of Pearl Jam songs too. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, I've been looking forward to finding out which ones that you were interested in, in singing. Um, so, yes. yeah, we'll have to talk about we'll, that. We'll have to talk about that off air. Yes, we, don't wanna... yeah, we don't want to give you away too much yes. on the no, pod. No. Um, <laughs> and old mate Voya, isn't he from Sydney? Is he flying down for the gig? Well, yes. Really? No. He was oh. <laughs> He was, so all, all of us old Sydney crew, I know him from Sydney, right? So all yeah, of us old yeah. Sydney crew are slowly migrating south because there's like, Melbourne's the last bastion of like live music in Australia. It's so true. He lives in St. Kilda now. Yeah, right. So like, yeah, it, it's funny. Both of us were talking about it the other day. We're starting to get more work in Sydney since we've moved to Melbourne. Oh, really? <laughs> How does that work? That Suddenly, is weird. You know, if you're around the corner, it's like, nah, maybe we'll pay, maybe we won't. And then you move to Melbourne, it's like, oh yeah, we'll fly you up and put you up and pay you. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? How does but, this work? But while we were here, you wouldn't book us? What? What the hell, going man? on? There you go, man. Far out. Well, yeah, it's going to be a killer night, man. I can't wait yeah. for it. Uh, it's going to be super cool. Yeah, same, same boat as you, man. Never played that room. And, and I hear a rumor too. Uh, we'll see if we'll see if it happens. But uh, I heard a rumor through through the grapevine uh, that uh, we may have some WA people flying in for the gig. What? Mm. Really? For for you to come and see Delacoma? Mm. Oh, that is cool. Mm. Yeah. Turns out they're big Pearl Jam fans as well, so that kind of seals the deal. Oh, that's sick, man. Yeah. Well, because the last time we we put it on. Um, you know, we just got shit face and just spoke with everyone after the gig, right? Because they're my people. Like, I love Pearl Jam. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk to old mate who's, you know, come in. They're like, yeah, we came from like three hours away. We saw that Pearl Jam. Oh, we love Pearl Jam. You know, let's do it. Yeah. And um, they haven't been out here in years and years and years. So hopefully yeah. it's going to be a really cool night. <clears throat> so here, here's a real question for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is on a serious note. Am I, am I allowed to ask you a question? I mean, you're, you're the interviewer. I'm, I love it when people <coughs> flip it onto me. This is very okay, exciting. Well, I'm, I'm going to flip it on to you here. yeah so um how how full eddie vetter are we going to go here are, are we like drinking wine on stage no okay no i'm not going to drink wine on stage probably because i'd lose my voice because this album is very vocally demanding yes especially the first couple of songs like last exit spin the black circle he's he's really doing like high-end like screechy type of um gravelly vocals mm-hmm. so if i was drinking that but you know what i could just put some like you know red cordial in there or something oh no 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 if you're gonna do it you <laughs> just gotta for the do look, it right yeah, yeah i think the last gig i did because <laughs> yeah. there's footage of the bottle 
on yeah. because I think someone bought it for me and they they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they handed it to me. I'm like, yeah, Eddie Vedder, yeah, you know, yeah. and I start smashing the white. But um, no, I, unless someone buys it for me and it's like one the one of the last couple of songs, yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. that's a hard no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, whenever whenever I drink and play, it's always like it has to be like um, towards the end of the night because I'm. It just dehydrates me so quick, you know, um, and especially because it's something I care so much about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this night and like if I was ever doing originals, there's no way I would drink because I want to be able to get everything out of my voice yep. as possible, you know. And it's very different like when you're on tour with lads who don't have to sing, they didn't really, they won't really understand that whole idea of like, why isn't Siriani drinking anything? It's like, well, it's not the end of the tour, man. I can't like smash my vocals and then and you know, smash the drinks rather and then we've got no gig tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I lost my voice, yep. you know. You can get completely shit faced and your fingers will still work the next day. <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah. Vocal cords don't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Uh, short answer is no, probably not. But um, mm. yeah, you never know what will happen. I guess. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if people do want to follow your career um, online, how would they reach out to you? Is it uh, is it because I, I saw there's two uh, um, um, uh, Facebook uh, pages as Delacoma Rio and Delacoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Delacoma is the band. Yep. Yeah, uh, specifically the band, so only band related stuff. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Delacoma Rio is sort of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, I put up. You know, if I've got acting stuff if i have solo acoustic stuff um, yeah. i've got a poetry book that uh, i'm going to be putting out this year oh wow so, uh, I'll, be, I'll be putting you know that sort of stuff up on there so on instagram i've just had the one i i did have a band one and then my own one but now it's just i've just combined it so now on instagram it's just delacoma but yeah on facebook there's the two separate pages yeah yeah right on so, man so any anything that's band related goes on both pages but if yep. it's not like specifically Delacoma band related, it goes on the Delacoma Rio page. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Um, and uh, you also do like a Bon Jovi tribute and like an NXS tribute as Correct. well. Can yeah. we touch on that a little bit before yeah. we finish yeah, up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I tore my Achilles last year about this time. Huh. And I've always wanted to go full time sort of um, entertainment. Um, and I, I was doing part-time truck driving and part-time construction, mm-hmm. um, and basically full-time music. Yeah. Um, and I'd done some fill-ins for, um, an in excess tribute band and they asked me to go full-time and I basically, we have been talking about it and yeah, when I tore my Achilles, I was like, you know what? I, it doesn't impact my singing, but it does impact my truck driving and my construction. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. How so, did you... T- I literally stepped on a rock at the beach in Florida. Oh, man. It was the tour from hell. Everything was going wrong. And I went to the beach like two shows in to try and get a bit of Zen time. And my Zen time was taking my Achilles from me. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So this is like halfway through the tour. This was at the beginning of the tour. Oh, shit off. Yeah. So we'd already gone. So our, our bass player had already had some visa issues. 
hadn't been able to make the first three shows. So we were having to do the first three shows with a guitarist running a splitter through a bass amp mm. and an octave pedal. Hmm. And then for solos, he would take off the, the octave pedal and the drummer would play drums with one hand and play chords on the keyboard with his left hand. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just to get through the tour. Just to get through the first few shows until yeah. the bass player got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then I tore my Achilles after the second show. So we had a show that night. And so I'm literally just standing on stage because <laughs> like, I couldn't use my right foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a comedy of errors. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, long story short, um, yeah, I fully committed to the In Excess show. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out uh, a couple of the guys in that band are big Bon Jovi fans. And I'm more of a Bon Jovi fan as well anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were trying to look for, we were looking for another another show that we could put together that could maybe get a bit of work but use the same players. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I mean, because I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. Um, I, I like In Excess and, you know, I like Bon Jovi and stuff, but like my, I don't look like Scott Weiland at all. Yeah. But I look like Michael Hutchins and I can get away with looking like uh, John Bon Jovi. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and vocally, I can do both of those. Uh, so yeah. um, it was just it, it was a fit. Yeah. Um, and we got a ton of work on on cruise ships. Yeah. Right. So basically, last year for about nine months. Um, yeah. From from September through till May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were at least two weeks a month on our Royal Caribbean. Yeah, right. Yeah. So doing mostly in excess with some Bon Jovi. Mm. And so then um, <clears throat> that's essentially my day job, I guess, if you will. Yep. Um, and then I uh, I fit around everything else that I want to do in, in and around that. In around um, that, yeah. Because um, there's, there's so much demand for it. it. Across the winter, there hasn't been as much demand, which has allowed me to um, to focus more on getting the, the new album done. Yeah. Um, and do some acoustic stuff and... Um, uh, finish off this book um, and do some acting as well. So nice one, dude. Yeah. Um, well, before we've um, actually um, finish up, I did want to ask you one last thing, and that is, um, prior to the interview, I'll play like a little portion of music um, mm. of the artist that I'm interviewing. Is there a certain song that's out there that um, you feel like would be a good representation of of your um, of your voice that we I could kind of like share a little bit of a snippet of? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a new single out at the moment called mm-hmm. Vampires. Okay. Yep. So, um, that's, um, we've got a, a, a clip on YouTube for that. So, um, so, yeah. Do you mind if I share a little bit of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's available on all like digital streaming platforms and all that sort of stuff. So, awesome. first single off the new album. So Sounds good. So, we will have heard a little bit of Vampires by Delacoma, um, prior to this interview. Dude. Thank you so much for coming to Thank you for having me. Casa de Siriani in Epping. <laughs> it is amazing. Yes. And uh, uh, everyone, grab your tickets for the Pearl Jam Delacoma. Grab them now. Yes, before they're sold out. Um, they will be sold out. I'm, I'm fully planning on crowd surfing at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have to get the crowd surfing happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's Pearl Jam. You've got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, dude. Talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 67 done. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. 
Uh, if you are a first-time listener, I would love to have you back each week. Hey, keep on listening. I do have a new guest each week, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family. You would be very, very welcome. Um, if you would like to get in contact with me, though, uh, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you've got some tips. Oi, Sis, do you want a... Um, do you want a, uh, 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 some tips on how to improve your podcasting game? Do you want a sponsorship? I know how to get one. If that's you, man, reach out because I'm running out of ideas for my sponsors, dudes and dudettes. Please hit me up. Um, you can listen to The Art of Touring on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone. Write a short review and leave five stars. That'd be sick. Now let's get into some plugs. On Saturday, August 31, members of the Passouts and the Warbirds are playing Pearl Jam's Vitalogy in its entirety for the 25th anniversary of the album. We're putting on this show at the Corner Hotel in Richmond. Tickets are on sale now via the Corner's website. So log on right now, grab your tickets before they're all gone. Head straight to thecornerhotel.com. Head to their gig section and buy your tickets. Supporting us on the night will be three of Art of Touring alumni. Uh, number one, Julian James. Number two, Nick Ivkovich with their band, The Millionaires Club. Uh, they play exclusively wrestling theme songs. And of course, Dalakoma as well, the third member of the uh, Art of Touring alumni, will be there as well. So that's uh, Saturday, August 31st, Corner Hotel. Tickets available right now, so get them while you can. You don't want to miss out on the gig of the year, folks. Get those tickets. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I do have a few shout outs. Shout out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him um, on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W A H L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Delacoma. Be sure to check out his Facebook pages, Delacoma and Delacoma. Uh, Rio artist um, and of course his Instagram page as well uh, to follow his musical journey and catch Delacoma live on Saturday August the 31st at the Corner Hotel with me this is Dog. We've even chosen a few choice cuts for Dell to guest on vocals for the Pearl Jam set. So you'll have to grab your tickets to find out which tunes Dell is going to be smashing out on the night he actually just texted me, um, and he's asked for a special, special request. So I'm going to make that one happen, Tell Most definitely great idea. But get your tickets to find out which one it is. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Touring with the Sizz Diggity Dog. Oh, 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 oh. And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Sizz Dogs Post Workout. Your muscles will thank ya. Yeah, right. Because my 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 sister in law and brother in law they've been separated for years, yeah. and they're still not divorced. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty strange. Yeah, because it's <laughs> like guys, you're not together. Like he's already he's actually going to get married. Maybe so, they are divorced now. Yeah, That's probably how much I don't care about them. <laughs> 
actually, he's remarried, which probably means they are divorced. Now I think about it. Now I think about it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> of course, yeah, they'd be divorced by now. Shit. There you go. Man. I mean, you don't actually have like... Most people don't really have like divorce parties or anything, so it's easy to kind of like. Well, that's true. Once you know, once you know that somebody's split, it's kind of like, well, are you divorced? Are you not divorced? It's mm. like, it. Some people have divorce parties, but have generally you ever been speaking, to a divorce party? I have not been to a divorce party, mm. but uh, it'd be it'd be kind of interesting. It if, would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be bittersweet. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you're kind of. I mean, what are you? What are you actually? You're ce- you're celebrating, I guess, being free. I, I guess, yeah. or, or like kind of closing that chapter. Maybe it, it, is it a thing? Is a divorce party a thing? Well, it, it's kind of a thing. I've heard huh. it's kind of a thing. Wow. I, like, I remember there was people. that episode of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm when everyone's great getting show. divorced. It's a great show, and I think it's you know, the tall guy. He's got the, that, oh, what is it? Funkhauser. Funk yeah. <laughs> he gets a divorce. And Leon's like, you run that ass into the ground. <laughs> He's like, Don't talk about my wife. Ex-wife. Ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, I love that show. Shit.